Sup guys, this is Joe Blair, host of the Sports Gamble Ramble. I want to take a few seconds here to tell you guys about the Anchor app by Spotify. It is the app that I use to record and promote all of these episodes that you guys have been listening to. It's super easy to use. It's free to download. It uh, gives you the ability to edit and launch your podcast right from your phone or computer. Um, ton of upside to this, super user friendly, uh, and also gives you the ability to monetize your podcast and record nifty little ad reads like this so you know if you're ever interested in starting your own podcast or know anyone that is uh download the anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started and thank you for listening all right what's up guys uh sgr 45 here and, um, you know, took a couple of days off from recording, um, was spending a lot of time doing research for how I wanted to bet the Thursday night opener and doing just general research for this Sunday. And, um, you know, obviously it's hard for me to get these episodes out earlier in the week because so much can change with injury reports and line movement and a lot of stuff. So I really don't place a lot of my bets, you know, until game day, Sunday morning or Saturday night. Um, so I'm kind of, you know, navigating how I want to do this. Um, last year we typically would release about an hour long episode every Friday, um, with my former partner, Willie. And, uh, this year, obviously I'm doing this by myself going on about things a little bit differently. And some of my betting strategies have changed as well going into this season. So what I'm going to do here for week one at least and we'll see how it works going forward is i'm going to get you guys this episode where i'm going to go over some of the player props that i'm looking to target this weekend because um i recently have gotten super into player props um i've got some new betting uh, abilities this year on a new book that i'm trying that gives me a lot of opportunities to tweak some of these uh player props it's got a prop builder built into the, the website so you can kind of adjust the odds and get these numbers to where um, you like the value a little bit more. And uh, yeah, I'm having a lot of fun with these props. I had a lot of success with them last year. So I'm going to give you guys a bunch of props to look at. If you want to take any of these, um, it'll also correlate to, you know, how I feel in general about some of these guys' fantasy value going into the weekend. And then I'll do another episode going over more general gambling uh, game predictions. I, um, I'll i probably touch on every game, but to be honest with you guys, you know, I don't really feel like spending five minutes on each game, you know, breaking down details that I don't really care about. Um, if I don't have like a strong opinion on something, I really don't feel like recording about it. I don't want to waste your time. I don't want to waste my time. It's part of the reason I didn't record an episode for Thursday night's preview um, for the kickoff game, the Cowboys Bucks, is because I really didn't have a strong opinion on the spread or the over under. I put out my picks on my Instagram page. I actually got both picks wrong. I was wrong about the spread and I picked the under and that was a shootout. Um, but yeah, my point is, you know, if I don't have a strong opinion on something, I'm not really trying to waste anyone's time here. So I'm just going to choose what I want to put out there as far as content, what I don't. I will try and get you guys an episode, you know, at least on the gambling aspect of the the weekend um, for Sunday, but I might not, I might not cover every Thursday night game. You know what I mean? And, you know, for example, this week, you know, I don't know if I'm going to spend a lot of time on the Monday night game, the Ravens Raiders, because like, I don't really know a whole lot. There's a lot of murky stuff going on with the Ravens running back situation right now. And there's a lot more exciting stuff to talk about on Sunday's slate. So 
that's just kind of how I'm going to do this, guys. But this episode specifically, we're going to talk about player props. Like I said, I've really gotten into betting player props um, on this new book that I'm on. I have the ability to parlay player props as well. Um, I'll be releasing a lot of player prop parlays this season on this podcast and also on my Instagram page, which is where I'm posting most of the, my bets these days. I'm not as active on Twitter anymore, really. Um, but the Instagram page is where to find it. If you guys aren't on a book where you have the ability to bet props like this or parlay them, um, get at me, slide into those Instagram DMs and we'll talk about it. We'll see if we can get you hooked up. Um, but I want to jump into this. I've got 14 player props that I want to talk about. I know it seems like a lot. I'll try and go through, through some of them pretty quick. Um, I've expressed thoughts on a lot of these players throughout the offseason, so you guys should be familiar with the angle that I'm going at here for the most part. And then I've got a, a one um, player prop parlay for this weekend that I really think is a lock. I've already bet it. I bet more than my typical parlay amount because I feel really confident about this, and it's over two and a half to one odds. So it's a real moneymaker. We'll talk about that, but I'm saving it for the end so you assholes have to listen to this whole episode. So the first guy I want to talk about, um, no big surprise, it's basically who I lead every uh, episode off with, Najee Harris, running back for the Pittsburgh Steelers. We are getting a discount on his prop this weekend. I think on a lot of these props, we're getting a discount because it is week one, and a lot of these guys are younger. Maybe they're rookies, second-year guys, unproven, that still need to break out a bit and become that household name that they were drafted to be. Um, Najee fits into that mold, you know, his rushing total for this weekend is sitting at 63 over under 63 rushing yards, minus 130 on the over. And I'm smashing that over. I love it. I think Najee honestly has a chance to go for 90 to hundred yards on this bills defense. Uh, people typically think the bills, um, defense is strong, but last year they were right in the middle of the pack 16th in yards per game allowed. Um, honestly, the run defense hasn't been good in the last two years, to be honest, over in Buffalo, their secondary is really the strength of that unit. I love Najee. It's a volume play. <clears throat> He's a workhorse. He's a starting running back for a good offense in Pittsburgh. I don't have concerns about the Steelers' offensive line. I think they fixed their issues. I don't want to spend too much on Najee. You guys know I love him as a talent. I'm all in on this kid, and I think this might be the, the lowest rushing total that we get for Najee all season at only 63 yards. So pound that over. Moving on, uh, another player I'm super high on. I have this guy in both my fantasy leagues, drafted him last year in both leagues, Antonio Gibson, running back for the Washington football teamers. Um, his over-under for rushing yards is 64 and a half. So right in that same range as Najee. There is a little bit more of a, a committee backfield in Washington um, than in Pittsburgh, but Gibson is a guy that should easily lead that committee. And I think it won't take long for that committee to kind of dissolve. Um, JD McKissick is a guy that I've said this offseason, I think his role uh, decreases in that offense with the uh, less of a need for all the checkdowns from Alex Smith last year. Fitz is going to help that offense uh, stretch the field a little bit more, open things up. I think Gibson really has a breakout year and has potential to be a real stud this year in that Washington offense. I also like his reception total. You can get over two and a half receptions at minus 156. It's a bit of a price, but I could see him going over this in the first quarter, first half, honestly. Um, this guy is going to be getting the checkdowns in this offense. I saw him get plenty of work in the passing game in the preseason. I just think he's going to be a workhorse as well for Washington. And we're getting some pretty low numbers here. Uh, so I'll move on. But you guys know I love those two young running backs, Harrison Gibson. Um, they're the core of both my fantasy teams this year, and I'm so excited. 
Uh, third player I want to talk about is Kyle Pitts, tight end for the Falcons. Now, I shat on Kyle Pitts a little bit this offseason in my fantasy episode, saying that I thought he was being overdrafted. But his over-under for receiving yards this weekend against the Philadelphia Eagles is 47.5 receiving yards. And for this guy who's got some freakish athletic talent uh, at the tight end position to go over uh, 47 yards is uh, very low. I, again, I think this might be the lowest they set it at all season. Um, my main reason for taking this is not so much Kyle Pitts, but it's more about the matchup. As an Eagles fan, I know how bad that defense is, particularly at defending tight ends. I've seen the last two years our linebacking core and safeties absolutely get worked consistently by mediocre tight ends in the NFL. Tyler Higby had three touchdowns on us last year, guys. I know I've talked up Tyler Higby. I do like him, but realistically, if you look at his whole season last year against Philly, that was his best fucking game because we can't cover tight ends. We really can't cover anyone. We have um, Darius Slay on our defense. We have a defensive line. Uh, we don't have any linebackers, any safeties, or a number two or number three corner. So I'm all in on Pitts to have a good start to his NFL career going over 47 and a half yards in, against Philly. Next guy's Robbie Anderson. I'm going over. If you guys haven't noticed, these are mostly going to be overs. Now, with player props, typically people say you like to fade the public and take unders, but I find that I am better at picking guys to overperform expectations than to underperform when it comes to these player props and for fantasy football. Um, yes, I'll have a couple unders every now and then, but really with player props, I'm more comfortable betting overs. So another over Robbie Anderson, 57 and a half receiving yards minus 110. I love this one as well. I'm kind of going in order of my favorites to least favorites here. Uh, to when we get towards the end of the list, it's a little bit murkier, but yeah, Robbie Anderson, um, to have 58 receiving yards. This is a massive revenge angle against his former team with the New York Jets. Robbie had like 90 catches last year in this Panthers offense. He just got the contract extension a couple of weeks ago. Um, this is the Carolina Panthers' number one wide receiver. Sam Darnold is in town, who I'm not big on as an individual talent, but he has played with Robbie Anderson before. They should have chemistry. He should be immediately the number one target in this offense as far as the passing game goes. And I just don't see it really. Robbie Anderson could get 58 yards on one play this this Sunday if he breaks a long run and or uh, or gets a deep bomb over the middle. And Robbie's big play guy. So I have all the confidence in the world in Anderson to go over that total. I'm starting him at the flex in one of my fantasy leagues, and I'm really looking forward to a big game from him this Sunday. Next guy, Raheem Moster, over 69 and a half receiving, or excuse me, rushing yards, minus 114. And people are a little bit skittish about Moster. He was slipping in most fantasy drafts because uh, this team did draft Trey Sermon in the draft this year as a running back to potentially replace him. Moster has some injury history on his side, which, you know, it's not great, but the matchup is exquisite this Sunday. He's got the Detroit Lions, who were 32nd in the league in yards and points allowed last year. Um, really horrible defense, could not stop a nosebleed in the running game. And uh, Moster is an explosive guy. We've seen him break 50-plus yard touchdown runs consistently over the last two years in Shanahan's uh, zone gap system. Um, so even with Sermon maybe stealing some work for Mostert to get 70 yards against that bad Detroit defense, I really like the chances there. Maybe Mostert loses his role later in the season, barring injury or just outperformance. But really, there's no reason to fade him in week one here. He should be healthy, ready to go. 
and 70 yards isn't that much for a guy that's done that a lot over the last two years. Um, who else? Damian Harris, another running back that we're going over on a similar rushing range as well. 68.5 rushing yards over is minus 112. Um, Damian Harris is a guy I've been high on this offseason as the lead back in New England. I think Mac Jones winning that starting job definitely does nothing but um, help Damian Harris as far as, you know, with that rookie quarterback in there, they're going to want to nurture him, bring him along slowly and really establish that running game to make things easier on Mac Jones. Uh, yeah, it's a crowded backfield, but I think Damian Harris is the uh, lead back without question. 69 rushing yards, not that hard to get to. I think this guy easily gets 15, 18, maybe 20 carries this Sunday and grinds out a nice 70-yard rushing game, at least, against the Miami Dolphins. This next one feels like stealing a bit. Julio Jones over 67 receiving yards. I think the only reason it's so low on my list here is because I didn't realize it until I was halfway through my research that his total was so low, so we might have to move this one up. Uh, Julio to go over 67. Why is that number so low? Just because he switched teams? Just because I guess the Titans don't really throw that much? But we've seen Ryan Tannehill put up 300-yard passing games like it's his job the last two years down in Tennessee. We've seen uh, A.J. Brown and other weapons be very serviceable. Corey Davis even was capable of putting up 70, 80-yard games in that offense last year. Why can't Julio do it? Um He's gone over like 90, at least 90 receiving yards, I think, each of the last like eight week ones of his career or something. He's on a new team, but I don't give a shit. It's Julio Jones. He doesn't even need 70 yards to hit this. He could do it in two catches, right? So that one seems easy. I'm really confident in the matchup, too. Arizona has no secondary. I like Tannehill as a fantasy guy. This I like everybody on that Titans team this, this Sunday. So feel good about that. Next, uh, back to Tyler Higby. I mentioned him earlier. I am going to be taking his over on his uh, <clears throat> uh, receiving yards this Sunday. Not, sure, I'm not. I'm probably not betting all 14 of these guys, you know. But I will probably have at least the first seven or eight that we talk about here. We're starting to get through the list where it gets a little murky, but I still think there's value in all of these, which is why I want to bring them to your attention. Uh, Tyler Higby over 39 and a half receiving yards. I've talked him up this season as a tight end. I was really targeting in fantasy upgrade of Matt Stafford at the QB position. I think the LA Rams are, are going to absolutely pump handle the Chicago bears on national TV this Sunday. Um, and I think Higby to only get 40 yards as the number one receiving tight end in that offense against a bears team. That's been exposed at covering tight ends the last two years. Love the situation. Love it. Brandon Cooks, number nine, Brandon Cooks, over 57 and a half receiving yards, minus 114. Uh, I know a couple of guys that I listen to are decently high on the Texans compared to the market, but really nobody else is uh, talking about Houston with any sort of value for real life football or fantasy football or anything. And I am all over the opportunity that this Texans team has this week one against um, a very shaky Jacksonville team with a rookie head coach and a rookie quarterback and a bad defense. Uh, Brandon Cooks is an NFL receiver. He's put up thousand yard seasons on every team that he's been on in the NFL so far. And um, the fact that Tyrod is at QB, I think Tyrod represents some stability at quarterback. Uh, people want to shit on Tyrod, but he's 
been able to facilitate offense. He's not the most exciting guy, but he's not super turnover prone. And if you need him to hit Brandon Cooks on a slant or a drag route over the middle and let Cooks dance for some yards after catch, I think it's very, very possible this Sunday. So for Cooks to only get 58 yards, I think that has a good shot at going over. He's a guy that's kind of underrated because he's buried down in Houston, but he's the clear number one for this team. And Tyrod is a capable NFL quarterback. Um, next, I'm going to go to – sorry, guys. I listed these out of order, so I'm kind of fucking lost. But um, I've got the – oh, we're going to do two quarterback unders. These are the only unders that I have. Sorry for that, guys. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater under 247 passing yards, minus 114. Tua Tagovailoa under 232.5 passing yards, minus 114. So both those guys that go under their totals, I just think the defenses that they're playing are too tough. And the way that those teams win is by running the ball and grinding out a win. These are two um, road quarterbacks in the two – uh, lowest over-unders of the week with the uh, Dolphins-Patriots game and the Giants-Broncos game. Four good defenses, some questionable passing offenses. I am high on Denver to take a step forward this year, but that Giants secondary is good, and 247 is kind of high for Bridgewater, isn't it? I think they'll try and get the running backs going in this game. Tua, I just think Bill Belichick is going to scheme something up. I am optimistic on Tua to take a step forward this year, but I'm not sure it happens in week one up in New England. Just kind of a tough opponent. I think that New England defense will be a lot better this year. Getting some guys back from the COVID opt-outs, getting some guys back from injury, having a big free agency signing. Uh, let's see if my boy Matt Judon can get us like two sacks in week one and get us over that seven sacks by halfway through the season that we took. We'll see. But those are my two quarterback unders. We're going to go back to taking some overs here as we get this thing back on track. And I want to talk about Trevor Lawrence real quick. Just this one, I probably won't bet, but I thought it was worth talking about. Over 17 rush yards. I saw him using his legs in the preseason. I know this guy has athletic ability. People don't talk about his rushing ability because he's such a prolific passing prospect. But this guy actually had more collegiate rushing yards than Justin Fields last year during the college football season. He does have legs. He is mobile. Um, he's a rookie quarterback on a bad team, so he might have to improvise and get out of the pocket and run for his life at times. Uh, for Justin Lawrence to get 18 rushing yards, I think it's very doable. Um, I took him in the national championship against Alabama three years ago to go over his rushing total, and ever since then, he's been a guy that I look for to go over his totals because it's usually put in that 15 yards range, and he has the ability to go over it. People just don't talk about his rushing ability enough. Kind of like Ryan Tannehill-esque in the sense that he's faster than people think. I mean, Tannehill played receiver in college. I'm not saying Trevor Lawrence is going to line up wide out, but he's got wheels. So something to talk about. Uh, next, uh, going back to the Texans, Tyrod's over under for passing yards is only 209. Again, maybe not the most attractive situation, maybe a gross game that you don't even care to watch this uh, Sunday. But I think the Texans are going to surprise some people. This Sunday and uh, 210 passing yards, Tyrod can get you there. I'm not going to talk about it too much. We just talked about Brandon Cooks in that situation. 209 is just not that high of a number for an NFL QB like Tyrod. Um, last prop, 
Again, kind of a gross one guy that I thought was worth bringing up. Ty Johnson running back for the Jets to go over one and a half catches. It's minus 135. And from what I've heard, this is a guy that's going to be used in that pass catching running back role for the Jets. Uh, we don't really know what the Jets are going to look like. New head coach, rookie quarterback, new system, a lot of overhaul there. But I'm hearing negative reports about Michael Carter. He's not really taking over that role. <clears throat> and uh, the, only other, the only other guy there they have is Tevin Coleman. I think Ty Johnson's going to get worked into the rotation more than people are talking about right now. And two catches is nothing for a guy in the NFL that's going to be potentially their third down running back. So worth a shot. Um, that's the end of my straight props. Like I said, those last five or six probably won't be betting, but I thought they had value and they're kind of fun angles that supports some of my general theories for this Sunday. And now I want to share with you guys that fucking lock of a parlay that I found this weekend. And we're going to get out of here. It actually involves the first three guys that I talked about in this episode. I just didn't want to tell you guys up front. Like I said, wanted to make sure you were listening. Um, but I adjusted the, the props a little bit on some of these lines. So it's a three-leg parlay, three-player props. I need all three of these to hit. And it's at plus 267 odds. Okay, so you bet $10, you win $26.70. Pretty good return, almost three to one on your return. And we just need these three things to happen this Sunday. You guys ready? Najee Harris, over 59 and a half rushing yards at Buffalo. Antonio Gibson, over one and a half catches versus the Chargers and Kyle Pitts over 39 and a half receiving yards so we need Najee to get 60 rushing yards Gibson to get two catches and Pitts to have 40 receiving yards and we hit a plus 267 parlay how you guys like them apples right? I'm, I'm all over that. That was my first bet that I placed for this Sunday. I put that in yesterday. Um, I immediately had to stop what I was doing because I got a gambler's high right away putting that in. Felt so good about that. That might be my favorite parlay that I've ever bet. And I've hit massive parlays before. This isn't a bragging section. I'm just saying like, I've hit some big fucking parlays before and this one, 267, it's kind of modest. We're not going for a long shot. This isn't a 5 or 10 to 1-er. But this is one that I feel really strongly about. As I like this basically as a straight bet. You know, I would bet this at like minus 110 if I had to because I just think it's a guaranteed hit. And we're getting plus 267. So you can... You can throw a few a few dollars at this one if you want. I have a lot of confidence here. I try not to get to this is a lock, run to the counter, bet this. There's no shot at misses because there's never a lock in gambling. There's But as far as a player prop parlay, I've never felt better about one, guys. So Najee, 60 rush yards. Gibson, two catches. Pitts, 40 receiving yards. Lock it up, plus 267. Thank me on Monday. I'll give you guys my Venmo if anybody wants to send me a portion of their winnings. I am going to talk about the um, week one matchups from a, uh, you know, win-loss cover the spread perspective next. So get ready for that. Thank you guys for listening as always and ramble on.